Welcome to Financial Crime Matters with Kieran Beer. I'm Kieran Beer, Chief Analyst and Director of Editorial Content for ACAMS, world's largest membership organization for anti-financial crime professionals. In this episode, recorded live at ACAMP's 27th Annual International AML and Anti-Financial Crime Conference in Hollywood, Florida, I talk with Sarah Paquette, Director and Chief Executive of Canada's Financial Intelligence Unit, the Financial Transactions Analysis Center, or FinTrack. We discuss FinTrack's new role related to oversight of sanctions on Russia, how FinTrack is dealing with rapid technological innovation, as well as some of the successes and unfinished business connected to FinTrack's multiple public-private partnerships. I hope you find the podcast informative and that you will subscribe either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Here we go. AI-driven, market-leading, Symphony AI is transforming the fight against financial crime. Integrate AML, KYC stroke CDD, sanctions and fraud into a single platform with enhanced co-pilot skills that improve productivity. And discover Sensor AI for sanctions, an augmentation reducing false positives while achieving 100% true positive retention in a recent POC. Trusted by a third of the top 100 banks worldwide, Symphony AI offers everything. AML to zero tolerance. Find harmony for your financial investigation teams with Symphony AI. Well, it is a pleasure for me to be here with Sarah Paquette, Director and Chief Executive Officer of the Financial Transactions Report and Analysis Center of Canada, uh, more commonly and perhaps affectionately uh, known as FinTrack. Sarah, welcome. Thank you very much. Very happy to be here with you today. You've been at FinTrack since 2020. Yes. And you have, prior to that, a 20-year history of uh, service in federal government in Canada. Yes. Started as a lawyer and then spent some time in technology and now at FinTrack. So, very interesting journey. I think prepared me well for FinTrack as well. A lot of our audience is familiar with FinTrack because this is an anti-financial crime audience. You know, if there's a nutshell way to talk about some of the things that have been your focus this year as a way to talk about the overall mission of FinTrack, maybe you could do that to get us started. Yes, I think what we've done very well this year and, and the previous year is really engaging, investing in collaboration and cooperation. That's really when you get the most of the bigger outcome and, and I think we invested a lot into that. As you know, FinTrack has a dual mandate. We are the financial and intelligence unit and we are also the regulator. The regulator means we are regulating 10 sectors, goes from financial institution to MSBs to casinos, virtual asset broker, but also it means that we are receiving many, many reports from those institutions. Those reports are key for us to be able to disclose actionable intelligence for law enforcement to do their work. So I think working very closely with the private sector, with law enforcement, with the non for profit organization really made us more successful. And we are having very interesting discussion with technology companies as well and to see what they can do with us. And I think one of the focuses this year, uh, and it's one that's about to be enhanced, and that is about sanctions. And that was not part of the central mission of FinTrack, but clearly that's been a preoccupation for Canada 
for all of the Western world. And maybe you could talk a little bit about the sanctions environment in Canada and what it's going to mean for FinTrack. Yeah. So after the unprovoked and unjustified invasion of Ukraine, numerous countries apply large sanctions on Russia. Canada is part of it, and uh, we have worked with our domestic partners, including Global Affairs Canada, who is actually responsible to administer the sanction, and our international allies to combat the laundering of funds steaming from those sanctions evasions. So, lucky enough, all the reporting entities, they immediately started to report. And with the information we received with them and the information we already had, we were able to produce a special bulletin on uh, Russia linked to money laundering. And that bulletin was to inform businesses what to look for. And at the same time, it was uh, for us to identify trends and patterns. So what we've seen is obviously they are using a lot of high-risk jurisdiction to create complex front companies, shell companies, and they are also using virtual currency to actually be able to uh, disperse those funds. But the sanction is a world we have been involved in, but because of our current mandate, it's when it's linked to money laundering and terrorist financing that we have the most information and the most contribute. Well, yeah, help me to understand that because uh, even before the March budget contained uh, provisions for reporting from financial institutions to go to Fit and Track, and prior to that time, it was if they were connected to money laundering, but it's going to be a wider remit. You can maybe tell me when that goes into effect, or I guess we should at least be aware that at some point down the road, it's soon going into effect. So there's that. And then there's what was done before even that provision was in the legislation, working with the Financial Intelligence Unit's uh, working group on uh, Russia-related sanctions and illicit finance and that sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, reporting entities uh, had to report to us on sanction invasions when they were related to proceeds of crime. That was the link to money laundering and terrorist financing. So a lot of sanction invasions are related to proceeds of crime, so we received a lot of information. But with uh, the announcement in the new budget means that reporting entities will be able to report to us directly, even if there's no link to proceeds of crime. So that has been announced, but uh, it has to pass legislation, so we don't have a date yet. In terms of the work that we've done with the RIF, uh, it started by you know allies getting together and exchanging tactical information, and then more tactical information you have, you are able to exchange strategic information. But I think what of the most useful thing we were able to do together is to create a common base. So when we all shared the information we had, we all had a map of the universe of what was known, and that base is updated in real time. So we always start with the same basic of information and then we use that to actually disclose information to law enforcement at the domestic level, at the international level, and then we are able to contribute to investigation and then seizing of goods. So that's how Canada has been uh, playing within that group. Well, I'm going to use the Russia theme as a uh, segue to talk about cryptocurrency, and I, I, I do that, I think, with some justice, because uh, certainly one of the themes of the conference has been the amount of uh, ransomware that's being paid into uh, groups that are based in Russia. But in talking about cryptocurrency, let's talk a little more generally about how they have been brought under tighter regulation by FinTrack and everything. And now I think treated as MSBs, Prior to that, there was some chaos, even as there has been in the U.S., 
but tell me a little bit about the Yeah, so FinTrack recognizes that virtual currencies, including cryptocurrencies, are innovative, flexible, and a legitimate method of payment. But unfortunately, they, also, they are also used to disguise the illicit criminal gain, and they are used as a vehicle to finance terrorist activities. So we see uh, those uh, methods of payments as having some risk in relation to money laundering and terrorist financing. So that's why FinTrack as a regulator have asked virtual currency broker to actually register with FinTrack as an MSB. And as an MSB, after they register, they have to comply with the Know Your Client information, they have to keep record keeping, and they also have to report with FinTrack. So we see those risks emerging, and that's how we are regulating uh, virtual currency dealers right now to respond to them. And in regulating cryptocurrency, what kind of crime are you seeing associated with cryptocurrency in Canada? Perhaps just the same as everywhere else, but I don't know if there's any particular manifestations of it that you want to talk yeah. about. The main issue is the defraud of victims. Uh, so uh, ransomware is rampant. Cryptocurrency is definitely used to launder proceeds of crime. And to a lesser degree, because of the anonymity of blockchain, it is also used to finance terrorist activities. We see that in multiple transactions of a small amount to supplement other financing methods. And that also leads to a question that has been a recurring theme here at the conference also, and that is the regulation of innovative payment systems. And I think the U.S. regulators, on the one hand, uh, feel like they're struggling to come up to speed in terms of their expertise and oversight for these innovative payment systems. And also, uh, I think that a number of the banks that are using some of these services or are banking some of the innovative payment systems are, are struggling a little bit too. Can you talk about where that leaves FinTrack and how you're looking at some of the innovative payment systems and, and supervising them? I think what we need to do is really to invest in our engagement and relationship with those service providers to understand the services they are offering and for them to understand the risk to their business that money laundering and terrorist financing really is. For example, in a discussion we had with virtual currency dealers, we were able to explain not only their obligation under the current regime, but also the good that those reports are doing in our society. So we were able to give a you know, real example of how a virtual currency dealer report uh, was able to save some children's life because really mm -hmm. with the information that they provided to us with the relationship we built they were able to just call us and tell us this is happening this is coming in terms of reporting and we were able to turn around and call law enforcement saying this is what's happening and this is coming and then speed up an investigation and charge it so it's very important for them to understand that it's not just red tape something they have to adhere to but there's a reason why they need to be part of our community MLNTF, and that's how we're going to be able to engage them, keep them as part of the solution, and ensure they deliver on their obligation as well. And I wonder too if there's any uh, particular broader lessons or object lessons from, uh, you know, I'm very aware of the whole convoy situation, and that caused uh, the legislature to act very quickly and, and bring in FinTrack to deal with. Um, regulation of uh, uh, online loan, uh, lending platforms and is it what can you say about that and what, is there any particular extra thing we can understand about that so the crowdfunding platform 
was something we were looking at. Obviously, you're not going to donate your money if you want to launder it, but more in a way to finance terrorist activities. So when the convoy happened in Canada, it's very normal for Canada to have peaceful manifestation every day. So for the convoy, the truckers to want to come to Canada and then manifest against the COVID restriction was not something surprising to us. How it turned out surprised us. And then we were wondering where that funding was coming up up from for those truckers to actually take downtown Ottawa for more than three weeks. And that was through crowdfunding platforms. So again, it's the anonymity, the opportunity to use a vehicle to transfer money in an animous way that uh, buzzed the risk. So what we did at the time is uh, we had an emergency vacation to actually prohibit people to actually fund the convoy through crowdfunding platform and the obligation for crowdfunding platform to report to us. And then a few months later, it became part of our regular recreation and crowdfunding platforms. And service payment providers associated with it are now reporting entities into free track. And I think maybe just uh, by way of, if anyone is not familiar with the convoy situation, just to describe it, and you can correct me or just leave it, you know, it started out as a protest that was a weekend protest and then was a protest that never left and basically shut down Ottawa and left the Canadian government having to figure out how to reclaim Ottawa, I guess. So. Yes, exactly. Uh, the truckers wanted COVID restriction to be lifted and uh, it turned out to be the cause of all cause and uh, a lot of people uh, came to Ottawa and basically take siege for a few weeks. So when we talk about some of the challenges of new technologies and oversight of them, synthetic identity theft, creation of synthetic identities and, and the theft of people's identity through technology, a big issue for law enforcement. What's FinTrack doing to help law enforcement in, in this way? Well, this one goes back to what we just discussed. You know, there's an ecosystem of transactions. There's no, no new technology are just adding layer and layer of transaction. And for people like us that follow the money, it's just making it very difficult. So how can we ensure that we are taking all the benefit of the technology at being more efficient, but at the same time ensuring that criminals that are using those technologies are also not able to uh, advance their crime. So we really need to continue to assess what are the benefits of those technologies, to assess what are the threats they are causing, and then ensure that we are able to follow the trail they are leaving and work with uh, law enforcement with that because uh, those new technology, when I think about the growing use of DeFi or the fact that ransomware is on the rise as we mentioned and that fraud continue to be the number one predicated offense for money laundering associated with using cryptocurrencies, there's a lot there. The industry needs to be part of the solution and we need to be open to look at the information we have in different ways. We've talked about the downside of technology and the many challenges it's presented for, for FinTrack, for law enforcement, for law enforcement everywhere. What about how FinTrack is looking at technology in terms of uh, really enabling, taking FinTrack into the next generation to enable uh, oversight of both the regulated entities and in the prevention of financial crime or the, certainly the reporting of information that can prevent financial crime? I think artificial intelligence, machine learning are very, very promising. 
I think we cannot think about fighting AML ETF and not thinking about using those technologies. They are faster, they are cheaper, and they are more efficient. So how can we ensure that we have the right framework in place to get the best out of the technology and at the same time have the control to safeguard privacy and uh, security of the information we have. So as we are modernizing at FinTrack, we're definitely link looking into how AI ML is going to be a key component of the work that we're going to do and also how it's going to help the work we are already doing because those technology are able to analyze and get the best of so much information in real uh, little time that we absolutely have to, to use it to increase our efficiencies. And, you know, is FinTrack getting the kind of resources? Well, I, I guess nobody ever gets the, all of the kinds of resources that they need, but there has been some commitment for greater spending for FinTrack and for law enforcement in general. And is that the correct? Yes. Know? Yes, so uh, in our budget 2021, there was quite an investment into FinTrack, recognizing we need to modernize our tool, we needed more resources, because the, the threats are evolving and what we do is important, so we were very fortunate with substantial investment. I thought it was really interesting, one of the enforcement actions out of France was uh, the ACPR dinging one of the major banks for not being able to properly monitor transactions, having not invested in AI. Is there you know, an expectation that FinTrack has as you look at regulated entities, or you get sending them the message that you really need to be investing in AI and better transaction monitoring services and oversight? I don't think we are sending that message right now, but the reality is we are investing in it ourselves. Yeah. And uh, there's multiple tech companies that are investing a lot of time and money into those solutions, which I think are great. So definitely, I think it will be part of the solution in the future, but is it something that is prescribed by FinTrack at the time being? Regulated entities might want to take notice, but there's no formal... Uh, you know, one of the things I think Canada has distinguished itself uh, with, many among many things, the creation of public-private partnerships, and we were talking just before we came on, I, I had the privilege to be present when one of the first was uh, started. Tell me a little bit about how you see you know, that history, and maybe a little bit looking forward, the promise of uh, public-private partnerships. Yes. So we are very proud of our PPBs. They are very efficient. They are based on collaboration, which I think it's the way uh, to deliver good outcomes. They started with Timia Nigi, our survivor of human trafficking, basically as explained to BMO, who was the lead on this project, and us in track and law enforcement, how it was happening. So because of our story, uh, we were able to uh, identify indicators, typology, pattern, and that's how the first uh, PPP took life with uh, Project Protect. So how do we do them? We identify a crime of youth societal impact. When everybody agrees it's important, then it's easy to agree it's a priority. And when everybody's engaged, then the domino effect is impressive and uh, we have a huge impact. So for FinTrack, what it means, we take that information and we do an operational alert. We have those indicators. It's a way for us to inform the business what to look for. We always have a sponsor, uh, usually a big bank, 
and it's their job to promote it with the other financial institutions and also develop super algorithm to help them identify those transactions. Team AI here was our not-for-profit person who actually told us about the issue and how it's happening on the ground. So you really need to understand the context to be able to develop a good project. And law enforcement is engaged. So when they receive the information, they are actually interested in receiving it and acting upon it. So how do we know we are effective? Well, for project project alone, 90% of the disclosure, so 90% of the actionable intelligence we share with law enforcement is proactive. Proactive means they didn't know it was happening. Yeah, so that's yeah. how we know it's important. It is amazing, and I, as I said, I think uh, you know, ACAMS had a very humble role to play in that they brought together the players at that conference where Tamiya spoke and then uh, reached out to BMO and they got together. Beyond that, we certainly had nothing to do with it at ACAMS other than to later continue to talk about it and promote it, but uh, a really a great thing, Project Protect. And just to bring people that are listening up to speed, there are, what, seven now? It's like Project Protect, Project Shadow is one of the recent ones involving, I mean, they involve, even if we don't name them all, uh, uh, sex trafficking, child exploitation, wildlife. I don't know if you want to say yep. any more about them. Yeah, so we have one on Project Chameleon is, is about farmers. Uh, Shadow is child exploitation over the internet. We have Athena is underground banding. We have Guardian is about fentanyl. Fentanyl, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we have seven. And I want to talk about our last one. Because our last one, I call it the evolution of our PPPs because it's an international PPP. <laughs> it's called Project Anton. And Anton, the name of the project came from an African conservator who was killed for his engagement in protecting wildlife. And this is what Project Anton is about. It's to fight to combat illegal wildlife crime. So it's appealing and cruel crimes that generate 20 billion US dollars every year. So it's very lucrative, very low risk. It poses risk to our economy, but also to our environment, to biodiversity, and even about uh, public health threats. A lot of pandemics started yeah. uh, with animal uh, illnesses. It's around the world. We, uh, we know for sure that it's happening in at least 150 countries. So uh, when we talk about the Reno, like we'll be lucky if our grandchildren ever see them because yeah. there's so little of them now. In Africa, 55 elephants every day are killed. In Canada, we're talking about bears, their paw, their bill. And we know it's a transnational crime. So I said it's happening in 150 countries. So those criminals are the big one. They are often also involved in other crimes. So when you tackle illegal wildlife, you also will tackle network of human trafficking, yeah. of drug yeah. trafficking of uh, firearms trafficking. And what we see in those crimes, corruption in every single segment. So for Hampton, it was easy to get partners involved, so I'm not going to name them all, but uh, Scotiabank is the link. The Royal Foundation United for Wildlife Network is involved, the Ostrak Fintel Alliance. Uh, we saw Vince from the UK and FIU Western Union. So people are really working together and when to make this happen and since the launch of the operational alert uh, the number of FTRs in the US SARS are coming in and we're just getting more and more and 
what we are able to do is to share with our international partners. So instead of learning in our own domestic silo, we're learning and we are sharing with our international partners in real time so the domino effect is global. Well, we're almost out of time, but we're not, we're not quite out of time yet. And I want to end the, this part of the discussion about the PPPs uh, with two things. One is, uh, if you want to comment on, uh, it was a theme here uh, about a need for greater information sharing and more international PPPs. And it sounds like you've started to, once again, Canada, you've moved, uh, you're, you're moving in that direction with this latest one on wildlife trafficking. But, you know, if you want to comment a little bit on how that could even be larger, and that was certainly uh, at the panel that you did that was this wonderful panel with the other heads of financial uh, intelligence units, uh, Netherlands, UK, and the US, and of course then Canada, that there was this desire to have greater cross-sharing information. So I don't know, A, if you can talk about that, and then B, how do you keep the energy in these things? Because you're, you keep launching a new one. I guess it's by maybe having, I'm going to answer the question, maybe by having some particular financial institution responsible or what? But anyway. Yeah. No, it's a global effort and we need people engaged and uh, it's about leadership. So uh, we already see the success of Anton. So I would love to see another international PPP on Shadow is the one about uh, sexual exploitation on the internet. So how do we keep the energy and the momentum? Well, there's so much to do. And when you found a recipe that actually creates results, it's just motivating you to, to continue. So uh, we are definitely looking into bringing our PPPs to international level when we have the right partners to do it. But we are also looking into new PPPs, like counterfeit is a big thing, online gambling, uh, gaming is a big thing, uh, firearms, something we need to look into. So there's definitely more coming. Well, you may have uh, answered this last question to some degree with that, but I'm sure there's still a little bit more that can be said. Uh, we are, as I said, just about out of time. In concluding, can you talk about what you see as the big challenges for FinTrack and for your regulated entities in the years ahead? And I don't know, you know, there's that question, what's FinTrack going to look like in five years or ten years? And if you could talk a little bit uh, in that kind of visionary way going forward about it. So what I would like FinTrack to be, hopefully not in five years, closer to that, is FinTrack to be seen as a FIU, as a regulator, but also as a trusted partner. There's a lot we can do together, and there's a lot of overlap on all the work we do, and I think it's by sitting at the same table, having frank discussion as today on what needs to be done, that we are able to overcome all those challenges. Like big challenges ahead, definitely the emerging technology, this is going to stay. So how can we ensure we get the right information and the right training and education to actually take the best out of it? and keep the criminal away from using them. And when we are able to do that, then we will be able to be more effective together and be able to limit the laundering of proceeds of crime, to limit the funding of terrorist activities, and to limit the evasion of sanction, as we were discussing during this conference. So that's really uh, the only way to face and address those challenges for me is to work together. We always say it takes a network to fight a network. That's what we need to do, and that's what we want to be, a trusted partner in that network. Well, we'll end on that note that it takes a network to fight a network, and we're happy that FinTrack is the network that's leading that in Canada particularly. Director and Chief Executive Officer of FinTrack, Sarah Paquette, thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure being here.
Thanks for listening to my conversation with FinTrack Director and CEO, Sarah Paquette. I hope you found the podcast compelling and that you'll subscribe to Financial Crime Matters on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud so that you'll receive an alert for each new podcast. Because financial crime matters to me and to you. See you next time.